0: Welcome to the Womb Happy Hour with Lorraine Giordano. It's time to connect with your feminine energy center, your own body, to achieve anything that your heart desires. It's a discussion about a place you may have not discussed so much, the place down there. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Giordano. Hello
1: and welcome to the Womb Happy Hour. I hope you're having a bubbly day. I'm your Intuitive Energy Healer host with a passion to talk about topics related to the womb, health, and creativity. I'd love to hear from you. You can follow me on Twitter at Inspire2Health. You can like me on Facebook at inspire T-O health And let's connect on LinkedIn. I'll spell out my name, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E, Giordano, G I O R D A N O. Please check out my blog on inspiredhealth.net. I'll be posting a blog tomorrow on hysterectomies. There's important news out there related to hysterectomies that ladies should be aware of. All right. So my happy hour drink of choice tonight is a little different from my normal drinks. It, I bought a little split of Beuve Clique, Clicquot. I pronounced that wrong, but I bought a little bubbly, a little champagne. So... We're not kissing the bride, but I am kissing everybody because this is the Womb Happy Hour's official one-year anniversary. So it's a celebratory episode, and um, we're going to talk more about the celebration at the end of the show. In the meantime, we have on the show, and she was on the show last year around this time of year, Emma Viglucci. So she is the creator and the founder of Metropolitan Relationship Family Marriage and Family Therapy. So she's our beautiful guest and uh, she is a relationship expert. So if you'd like more connection and fun in your relationship, you've tuned into the right show. So Emma is a huge collaborator and a super person to connect with. So you can find out more about her resources because she really provides a significant amount of resources um, on having a successful relationship at Metro Relationships. Metro, I'll spell it out, metrorelationshi com, And... She's very involved with social media. So a lot of her handles are Emma K Viglucci. And I'll spell that out. So it's E-M-M-A-K-V is in Victory. I G L U C C I. And you can find her on Twitter and LinkedIn, on Instagram, and on Pinterest with that handle, and on Facebook. It's a little different. There's no K there. So you can find her at Emma Viglucci. So, again, we're celebrating Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, and we're talking relationships today. So, Emma, welcome to the show again.
2: Well, oh, I am so happy to be here with you, Lorraine, again. And congratulations on the one year anniversary. That's just so terrific. And thank you for having me for, for this special episode. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, I'm so happy. Have you on. Because let's face it, relationships are so important. The relationship we have with ourselves and the relationship we have with our partners. And right now, I mean, based on my clients, people I talk to, family, friends, I mean, you know, there could be some more support. So I'm so happy that you're back to talk about ways to kinda to kind of have a successful relationship. Yes,
2: yeah, I'm so happy to be here. And of course the relationship Relationships are so important all around, like you said, with ourselves, with our higher power or the universe or whatever belief systems we may have, our community, our partner, our friends, just in general, we we live in relationship, we're relational beings. So when we tend to our relationship, we do well.
1: Yeah. And what a lot of people don't realize is that the sacral chakra, so this show is called The Womb Happy Hour, but the womb... Is related to the, the second chakra or the sacral chakra which is related to maybe it's not the right word to say related to relationships but it's about relationships passion and joy and so that's what we're gonna get into right
2: yes I love it and I love that you make it that you're always connected to the energy of course um, in the sacral chakra definitely addresses anything that has to do with sexuality and intimacy and connection and Um, physical relatedness and so this is a perfect conversation to have around that for that
1: Yeah, so Emma, uh, for listeners who missed you on the last show or maybe forgotten, what made you want to be a relationship expert? What made you want to help people? What inspired you to want to help people in this area?
2: So it's really interesting I get asked this question all the time obviously you know, how do we make um, our life choices and our career choices, and how do we know our calling and for me, it was really early on um as as early as this little girl i I was always very intrigued about how people operate how people what makes people tick and why things are the way they are and i and i don 't know that how special that is I think that everybody's curious when they're children and they wonder about life and things um maybe not necessarily in those terms, but you know they they ask those white questions when when we're two we ask those white questions right but I took that a step further just the curiosity was just really a pull for me and as as early as high school and early college I knew I wanted to be a therapist and pursue that and after college I worked in foster care for for many years and and being in that setting Combined with my curiosity about people and relationships, um, that just sealed the deal for me in terms of wanting to help families and children um, by helping the couple, the partner, the parents have a great relationship and create a solid home for children. And so that's how I tied it all together and became a relationship expert.
1: Yeah, and you've been doing it for over 20 years, right?
2: I've been doing it for quite a while, yes. So I, I haven't I haven't left my path. <laughs> I found it earlier and I stuck with it. I'm um, one of the blessed ones in that way.
1: That's a beautiful gift. And you've helped a lot, a lot
2: of people on that path. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. It gives me a lot of joy um, to be able to to help people be happy and to help people be happy with each other. And very, very rewarding work.
1: So let me ask you something, Emma, because this is, mm-hmm. it always
2: fascinate, it
1: fascinates me, but, you know, choosing to marry someone is probably one of the most important choices that we make in life, right? Yes. So why do you think that what initially attracts us to our partner Becomes a, a point of contention. Like it winds up annoying the crap out of us or like making us nuts in a relationship.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's the question of the day, right? So people g- get attracted to each other and, and then they hate each other and then they wonder what happens. It, and it's interesting in doing this work, what becomes very clear is that opposites attract, even though people look for commonalities when they're dating and when they choose a partner, but what, re- what the attraction is really about is the oppositeness or the differences. That's where the interesting stuff happens, and that's where the attraction is. But then, of course, life gets in the way, or life becomes, you know, life is what is, and... As you, as we go through our days and doing life together, when somebody is very different from us, it could be really annoying. And so, initially, it's, it's attractive, it's fun, it's different, it's intriguing, but then how do we get along with somebody who's so different from us? Then we might have things in common, we might have things that we appreciate about each other, hopefully, right? Um, and we have common interests and potentially common likes and things like that, but the way that we deal with the world... The way that we process information, the way that we communicate, our preferences for intimacy, and, I mean, almost everything, if, when you narrow it down, we're usually opposite. And that's part of the attraction. And then that's, that becomes a challenge in the relationship. That's where people have a hard time negotiating the differences. And that's where the power struggle comes. And that's where people can get past that and um, it's potentially struggle in the relationship.
1: Do you find that most people are shocked because what they thought was so amazing about this person is, is just kind of becomes like a, a weight, let's say. It, you know, I mean, people don't, re-
2: people don't realize that that's what's happening. They forget that they actually liked those parts about their partner when they first got together. Um, they they forget that what they found bubbly and outgoing and friendly and the spontaneous and whatever, now they found flaky and annoying and noisy and too much work and things like that. And so they, they lose sight of what's attractive about it. And when we point that out, they actually find it comical. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, yeah. And then it's a matter of like, okay, so how do we bring the yummy back? You know, how do we go back to looking at it as, as the pleasure as opposed to a disgusting thing or an annoyance?
1: Yeah, so you mentioned something about, to me, about the, you know, we kind of are attracted to the goodness on paper. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that before we go to break?
2: Yeah, sure. So, goodness on paper, I, so I coded that because people say, you know, they look good on paper um, and they, they have a checklist, you know, they they... The person that I like works for for this company or they do this, and this is the career that they have, and they drive this car and they live here and they look this way and they look good on paper um but then a lot of times when that checklist comes out, sometimes there is no attraction really there is no there's no glue, and they miss the boat that's not really why they were attracted to each other um sometimes there is no checklist, it's not good on paper, and then the attraction is very strong. So it's not about the good on paper uh, that we look for, that we we should be looking for. We should be looking for other qualities, right? And we could get into that a little bit more. But people get hung up on good on paper, and then it backfires because the chemistry is not there, uh, number one. And number two, there's other attraction going on aside from good on paper, that they're not not aware of, and that's what gets them later. Um, is that appetiteness that we were talking about. That's what gets them later in the relationship. I'm sure you've experienced before, like, you know, I I make this comment all the time to my couples when I'm teaching this concept that you you might observe or look at some couples and wonder, oh, my goodness, how does that work? Like, they, they totally look like a mismatch. And that's the whole point, you know, because if they were to do the good on paper, <laughs> they wouldn't have picked each other. So they you know, there's a, an additional attraction going on. Um, that whole opposite is an unconscious and energetic attraction that happens that has nothing to do with the checklist.
1: All right. So sense? Yeah, yeah. So let's take a break and we'll be back in two minutes and we'll pick up the conversation.
0: You are listening to The Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to The Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everybody. This is Lorraine
1: Giordano, your host on The Womb Happy Hour. We are talking to... Emma Viglucci, a relationship expert from Metropolitan Marriage and Family Therapy. Um, we were just talking about, Emma, let's talk a little bit more about these unconscious patterns that we kind of, that kind of pull us to our partners. Would you say that they're yeah. there to, to teach us some of the things that when we were younger, some of those patterns that were created, un, you know, we weren't conscious of, that are meant to be kind of healed or cleared up or
2: addressed? Yes, yes. So what happens is that when we are being parented by whoever is our caretaker growing up, they treat us a certain way, and the way that they treat us is not perfect because they're not perfect, and in that imperfection, and this is what we call less than perfect parenting or good enough, I'm sorry, good enough parenting, right? Um, so we either parent in a good good enough parenting style, or we are really bad and we suck at it. But either way, we still do some damage to children, whether it's a little bit or a whole bunch. And in that relationship, we create an imprint of what's happening in the interactions. So when that poor parenting is happening, the un- our unconscious mind or at some level for ourselves, we create an imprint that says, hmm, let's watch out for that kind of behavior or how those kind of behaviors make me feel because it's not so cool. So we hold on to that information. Then potentially we get also messaging from, from our caretakers about how we should be in the world and how should we behave with appropriate behavior and things of that nature. Some parts of ourselves potentially get muted as a result. So those parts of ourselves also become a part of that imprint. And then we are also taught all the things like um, what's okay to do, what's not okay to do, taboo topics, and just a myriad of things that parents do when they're taking care of their children. And, th- and those kinds of messaging also go into that imprint. So then what happens is that this imprint has characteristics of our caretakers that have a tendency to hurt us, parts of ourselves that we can't own, and all kinds of messaging and the impact that they have on us and they all go that's, into that imprint and,
1: and it has a dramatic so happens, rippling effect right it has a ripple well, effect what
2: happens well so i'm gonna sh- tell you right now right so what happens <laughs> is that imprint then becomes our our, our our lens if you may or our program um that's kind of running behind the scenes and when we're older and we want to find the mate whether we purposely looking for somebody or not, when we we come of age to mate, our unconscious mind is scanning our environment for a match to our imprint. That's where the attraction is. All the stuff that we're holding off to be careful, it becomes loaded, if you may, and that's that's where the attraction is. So, it's a, the conscious mind is scans the environment and when it finds the match, it goes clink, 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 clink. So I need your glass now. <laughs> we need to clink your glass. <laughs> and it falls in love. Right? And so what do we who do we fall in love with now? We fall in love with somebody who has characteristics of our caretakers that that hurt us. We fell in love with somebody who has opposite characteristics of us or the pieces of us that we don't own that got put away. And people who own or Buy into some of the messaging that, that created an impact for us. Um, and I'm saying that a little loosely, right? It's not very clinical, but so that, that's kind of the, the point in a nutshell. And so now we are with a partner who has the potential to hurt us and also who are very opposite of us or very different from us. And that's a formula for disaster because now in our attraction, our, with that attraction in our interactions, our partner's, our partners behaving in a way because of the characteristics that they, they have or that they, they are. They interact with us in a way that has a tendency to hurt us, number one. And number two, they're so different from us that it's bound to create conflict. And that's where the attraction is, in the oppositeness and in that unresolved issue from, that, from growing up. And so yeah. the way that I like that's like <laughs> so when I tell this to couples they're like what like oh my goodness and I'm like well that's Mother Nature's way air quotes of making sure that we have a second chance now number one at healing whatever stuck there from before wherever feelings got unresolved or things that we you know we didn't get to address and get our needs met and two to own the parts of ourselves that we haven't owned and become whole so our partner is really a gift they. Are offering us the opportunity to have interactions, have a different outcome. So now we heal and there are a guide or a role model for parts of ourselves that we can't own. And in, and in ma- modeling them or learning from them, we stretch, um, or we, we own that piece. And we, in doing that, we grow up. So those two pieces actually are very beneficial to us if we're able to put that lens on. And when we are triggered or annoyed or hurt, if we're able to look at it as an opportunity and use that material in a way that's beneficial, then that's where the beauty is in a relationship.
1: That is. And that deserves a little bit like uh, the clink on the glass. Here, here.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, And also there's another side to that. When we stretch to meet our our, uh, partner's needs, when they're triggered, that also uh, helps us own parts of ourselves. And that's what growing up happens as well. Yes, that's so well said, Emma.
1: Now, before Thank we get you. into the healing and the becoming healthier, right? Because basically, our partners are helping us be, oh, you know, healthier and more whole, more authentic in who we really are. So that is an opportunity and a gift. Um, yeah. One thing, yeah. One thing though that that um, you know, I see it in my personal experience, and then you know, family, friends, clients a lot of partners say that it feels like their partner speaks a different language and they can't seem to please them. (laughs) So what is that language disconnect? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Okay. So there's a few things in that, in the disconnect. So there's usually a gender related energy. So even for, for homosexual couples, there's still a tendency to be more of one gender energetically than the other right so more feminine or more, more masculine so regardless of phys- what, what gender organs we have we still have that propensity for one energy or the other so that affects our communication style Two, all of our history and culture and and personality and just everything that we bring as a person affects how we communicate and how we interact in our mindsets and our beliefs and expectations and everything else. Then, of course, we have plain straight-out communication skills. And additionally, this is probably the most important part and probably what we were trying to get to um, is that we have specific love languages, right? We have a certain way that we like to receive love That's that touches our hearts and that's meaningful to us. And what we usually tend to do is give love the way that we like to receive love. But again, because we're so opposite, usually we like to receive love very differently. So if I give my partner love the way that I like to receive it, they're not even going to register that I'm giving them love. And they give me love the way that they like to receive it. I'm not going to register that they're giving me love. And And therefore, we're not feeling loved, right? But if I focus on giving love to my partner the way that he likes it and he does the same for me, even if it feels strange to us, if we give it the way that the other person likes it, fantastic. Now I know that he's giving me love and that requires much less work, right? Usually like, like you said, like, I don't know how to please this person because sometimes we put so much effort in, but it's the wrong effort and we work so hard and it makes no sense and it doesn't even make a dent. It's, just not even, it's like a it drop in the bucket, you know, not even, it doesn't even get, reach the bucket. <laughs> um, so, but you, you know, if we know how to give the love the way that the other person likes it, then, or that they, that they register it, then we put a lot, lot less effort and it's more targeted and then and they feel it a lot more and it's more meaningful. And so, if about an so, our so if you could talk about yeah. an example.
1: So if you could talk about an example. I think last time you mentioned, um, you have some resources on this, right? On your site? Or you talked you about know, a book?
2: People go to my website. People could go to my website. So metrorelationship.com and I have hundred plus close to 200 um, blog posts on there so they could find all kinds of things um, and then there's additional resources as well. So that that's one thing and also if they go to the bottom of my website at the footer, they could connect to all my social media and we have a lot of things coming there to support people working on the relationship. Um, Excellent. But just to answer your question more directly, with the five love language, the, the, the languages that or this communication style, it's actually based on the work um, that's called the five love languages. So there's actually five of them, as the title implies. And if people know what's their love language, then they could give love in that language. So let me just tell you what the five love languages are. And, it, and this I did not create. So this comes um, from somebody else. So people could look that up as well. But the five love languages are spending quality time together, acts of service, like doing things for somebody else, Touch, affection, physical intimacy, gifts, and worth of affirmation. So if I know that I like to get gifts, but my partner's stingy and he just wants to (laughs) have sex and cuddle or touch, I'm going to be like, well, where's my gift? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Or if I. (laughs) And then you might
1: hold out. You might hold out from being intimate, right? (laughs) So then you react with, like, well, I'm not putting out, right? Because. I didn't get
2: my (laughs) gift. That's right. So then I'm not going to put out, and he's going to be like, what the heck is going on? Why are not putting out, and then he's definitely not going to get me a gift then, right? Um, (laughs) But so that's one example. Another example, I mean, there's all different combinations, right, because there's five for each person. Um, So something that's very common is women a lot of times like acts of service, and that means help with the cows, help with the chores, help with the children, and things like that. And, and guys are very clueless to that. They 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 don't they hardly do that that love language, right? So they are usually more physical or t- spending time together. Um, they, they tend to give love in those languages. And and for women, time together is usually okay. But the physical sometimes the women feel actually put out. Like you know, I'm exhausted from doing all this work. You're not helping me, and then you want me to put out, after even more work sometimes, right? So depends on how they look at it. Um, but so that's kind of
1: how it plays out. All right. So just one question on the, and we just have a few seconds, but as far as, Mm -hmm. let's say if a guy has, um, spending time together as a love language, but he thinks that while watching, let's say the playoff games on football, while his partner's (laughs) like hanging out next to him, like that can where she might consider that not really spending time together, that's just watching the playoff game. Do you, do you find a lot of, like, you know, nuances oh, like that? there's
2: so much of that. There's so much of that. Um, guys think that hanging out to get, together means being in the same room or even in the same house together, um, the same space, and women think of hanging out together as actually interacting, like talking or doing something together. Um, So, sitting together on the couch watching a show, especially if it's a show that the woman doesn't like, forget about it. That's not time together. (laughs) Going to the movies, even the women hate because that's not spending time together. There's no interaction. Um, So, that's very, very important. Time together means interacting.
3: Thank you for clarifying. For women. All right. So,
1: we're going to have to take a break, but we'll pick it up in two minutes.
0: You are listening to The Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredthehealth.net Now back to The Womb Happy Hour.
1: Hi, everybody. We're back from break. We're talking with Emily Glucci, the creator of Metropolitan... Marriage and Family Therapy. She is is a relationship expert. So what's exciting is that Gina has called in with a question. Gina, are you there? Hello. Hi, I'm here. How are you? Excellent. How are you?
4: Good. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That's so exciting. And Emma, thank you so much for imparting your wisdom um, on this wondrous day, actually. I've been listening to you since you guys started, and it's been very (laughs) eye-opening.
2: You're most welcome. My pleasure. Thank you so much for calling in. So
4: I have a question, and it kind of relates to when you said that uh, we have all these imprints, right, as we grow up and how we're raised, and either you could do a really great job or you could do a not-so-really-great job, and you leave these these fingerprints, right, indulged in your child that they grow up with, and this is how you attract people, and, you know, who knew? But, uh, so I guess my question is, um, I was actually married for almost 20 years and I'm divorced and Mm -hmm. now I'm dating someone, but it's been kind of slow moving. And just to give you a little background, he's, he's a French Moroccan Jew and I'm, I'm a Colombian Catholic. So like just completely two different worlds, but yet we seem to kind of piece each other, you know, in a way that we complement each other. The tricky part is is that I'm a single mom with three children from ages 11 to 21, and he has two babies, well, two sons, but he's actually, he's a single father. So he's Mr. Mom, which Mm. makes it really difficult sometimes for us to kind of spend time together because when, I guess our biggest thing is when our children are supposed to go with, you know, the other parent, a lot of times that other parent doesn't show up for them. So obviously oh, the wow. child comes first. So let me ask then... your question, Gina. So how mm-hmm. old are his children? Um, one is going to be 13 this summer, and the other one is 14.
2: Okay. And yours are from 13, I think you said to 21?
4: Uh, my little one turned 11 yesterday, and then I have a 16-year-old 11. and a 21-year-old. Okay.
2: Very good. So your question is about uh, how to spend time together because you don't get too much we, private time.
4: Right. We don't get too much private time, which I think kind of holds up our relationship sometimes. Like it just kind of plateaus. And interestingly enough, we work together, but we were dating before we started working together. And sometimes oh, cool. at work is the only time that we can see each other, but it's still work. Like work is work and personal is personal.
2: Of course. Okay, so the, what you need to know, you're asking how to make time?
4: Yeah, I guess how to, because how to, I don't want to make him feel bad about it either, because he feels bad as it is whenever he has to cancel, because it's mostly him that has to cancel, because right. the mom doesn't show up to pick up the kids, and then he's like, well, what, what do I do? I can't just leave them," you know? So right. he's trying to do the best that he can, and I get it. But there are a lot of times when we have to cancel our dates or you know, just don't go out because all of a sudden he has the kids when he wasn't
2: supposed to have the kids. Right. Okay. So two things, well, a few things are coming to mind that I could share with you as as strategies, uh, practical Uh strategies. Um, So first is to not depend on the weekends when you guys don't have the children. Um, So instead of waiting for the mom to pick them up, to, to use the weekend where the mom is supposed to pick them up, He could use the app at the weekend and actually get a babysitter or have a a sleepover or a play date or something like that. Then he's in control of the kids being somewhere and being properly being taken care of. It doesn't depend on whether the mom shows up or not. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, you could have family time, have him bring the children over and and you have similar ages. And I mean, I don't know if you're introducing children to each other, to each other yet, um, but that could be another option if it's not available now because the relationship is fairly new. Um, maybe down the line, where you actually have the kids hang out and you create some kind of plan for the kids, and then you guys could find time to hang out with each other. It's not so private, but at least it's better than not having. Um, I'm sorry, my other phone's ringing. Um, then not having any time together at all uh, outside of work. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Does that make sense? Yes, it
4: absolutely makes sense. Okay, terrific. Thank you. Thank you so Any much. Any other questions? Um, no, that that's was no that's really our biggest kind of speed bump.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Gina, yeah, for sorry. calling and Thank asking that talking. question. That's a great Thank question. You.
4: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me, Lorraine. Thank you, and happy anniversary again. And Emma, I just signed up for your little mini course. I went on your website already. Fabulous. <laughs> Thank Thank you. Thank you both. Good luck. Thank you.
3: All right. Bye. All right. So that is that's a really interesting situation that she's in. Um,
2: Yeah, it's not uncommon.
3: yeah, so what else gets in the way of partners' ability to connect and play with each other? I guess because that's the thing. Like you really care about someone, you want to spend time with them, and then you're you know, you're you're unable to connect. So like her example, like her guys, you know, spending a lot of time with their kids. I think you gave great suggestions. What else gets in the way? Do you have you seen or noticed, Emma? Um, well,
2: so Oh, gosh, so many things. But one that just came to mind is people having different sleep schedules. One is a night owl. The other one is a morning, whatever they're called, morning people. <laughs> um, that's huge because it's, one goes to sleep early. The other one goes to sleep very late. One gets up early. The other one's still in bed, so they don't get to synchronize. Um Another one is one partner or potentially both partners have very busy travel schedules. So coordinating, Mm. juggling responsibilities and finding time to actually enjoy and relax is very challenging. My husband and I actually have that. So it, it requires a lot of intentionality and a lot of planning and organizing, orchestrating and mindfulness to make sure that you get, so all the ducks, <laughs> you hit all the all the ducks,
3: you know, so nothing gets lost. Um, and uh, do you, do you need more examples, or that's good. No, no, I think those are great examples. It just kind of makes me think, and because um, I see this a lot with my uh, energy practice, that a lot of women, mm-hmm. their throat chakras, and maybe did I mention this last time? But a lot of throat chakras are blocked because a lot of women. Yeah. They're feeling certain things, but they don't want to fight. They don't want to rock the boat. They want to pick their battles so they swallow or they don't express what they really need. Um, Mm -hmm. how, How does that relate to what you're experiencing with your clients? So it's
2: very interesting. I think that both partners have the issue of not expressing themselves. If anything women are usually more expressive than men. Um, we tend to be more vocal, more expressive, more in touch with our feelings. But you're right, we also do tend to not want to rock the boat or upset others or be needy or however it might show up for each of us. We all have different things that get us. <laughs> um, so then we swallow it, right? And, and we suck it up and, and it makes sense that the throat chakra would be blocked. Um, so the the way that I work with, being able to get each other's needs met is to even the playing field where first we work on understanding that we are partners, our partner is a gift, we, or we are a partnership, a life partnership. We, we are allies. We're not enemies. Our partner is a, is a gift. It's an opportunity for us to do better for ourselves and to create something beautiful with each other. And so the mindset work is very, very important because people, usually by the time they get to me, they're in really bad shape. Um, they're really struggling. They're really fighting. They're really doing all kinds of really, really bad stuff. <laughs> and and they lose sight of what's important and they lose sight of the beauty and they lose sight of the opportunity. And the mindset piece is very important. Then from that place, once that play in- Field is even where they kind of seeing things similarly and they get the bigger context and they don't get stuck in the weeds, then from there, it's easier for them to communicate and express themselves because then they're not at each other's throats or they're not fighting or, they're, or fighting as much. There's less points of contention. Then we could build the other pieces that are necessary to be able to have that openness, to express needs, to meet needs, to speak each other's love language and such.
3: So, I think last time you touched on strategies that you use. So, is some of what you're talking about um, yeah, exactly. strategies exactly. that you're, you're working with? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, I created a successful couple strategy that, that from the many years of working with couples and also teaching other therapists and training other therapists and helping them get licensed, um, I found myself repeating the same things over and over and over. So from those patterns in that body of work, I organized it into the successful couple strategy.
3: And those you know are what, can I, am going to interrupt you. Sorry. I, sure. I'm going to interrupt you because actually someone else is just calling in, Lauren from New Jersey as okay. well. Um, okay. She has a question. So if we could take her question before we go to break and then we'll pick up on strategies when we get back.
2: Absolutely. Fun.
3: Lauren, are you there?
4: Hello. Hi. Hi. Can
5: you hear me? <laughs> Hi, Lauren. Hi. I'm, I'm calling because I've had a, a boyfriend for a long time, and um, he's a workaholic. And it is, mm-hmm. it's a problem for me, and I've tried to talk to him about it. But then he, he feels like he's not valued or that I don't value what he does. And so this has been a point of contention for a long time. And we're talking about getting married and it makes me a little nervous about, and I'm a single mother as well. So I value time and it's, it's, um, that's my, that's my obstacle. That's, that's what I'm trying to ask about. What do you do when you have somebody who's a workaholic and doesn't really understand that that's a problem? Okay, very
2: good. So um this first so again a few things. Let me see what makes the most sense to share with you right now. Um how how old are you guys? We're in our late thirties. Late thirties? Mm hmm. Okay, very good. And he's never been married before and no children? No. Okay. So he's at this stage of life where he's really getting settled into his career and trying to get some good traction and, and, and be a good provider. I, I don't know anything about fin- your finances, career choices. I mean, I don't know anything about you, right? So I'm just saying that off the top of my head. Um, but that's really right. what happens at that age. And the, the men's strong focus, it starts at late 20s until early 40s, and guys are just on overdrive to accomplish, to get set in their careers, to make money, to, get, to make a name for themselves. And that's, Emma, that's very Emma. male.
3: Sorry, Emma, this right? is the rain. I'm going to yes. I'm gonna have to interrupt you, Emma, because we mm-hmm. have to take a break. But we'll come back and if you could finish up with Lauren. Absolutely. No problem. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll be right back.
0: are listening to The Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to The Womb Happy Hour.
3: Hi, everybody. We're back. Lauren from New Jersey has called in with a really important question and Emma was just kind of asking some follow-up questions and so let's pick it up Emma and Lauren.
2: Okay well so I was telling Lauren that at the age that they're at that's when men usually in the late 30s that's when men usually focus a lot on career and working and that's part of their their identity as men. Not that women don't do that as well but usually women identify more with parenthood and motherhood and home and e- even when we're very career oriented that's still part of our identity and and I'm sorry if I'm coming across as sexist but unfortunately that's still the case even though some people might frown <laughs> upon <laughs> that statement um, but right. we do identify with our female energy and men identify with their male energy and when we have our male energy from, from our partner that focus is going to be on work because that's what men do they're out killing the bees and bringing the the bacon home right so it's an evolutionary thing for us to trump on that and to be upset about that we're actually taking away their manhood if you may so for okay. you lauren to handle this uh in a way that meets your needs better because i i get that it's really annoying to not have your partner there yeah I don't know if you yeah. heard you me say on the show sure. earlier yeah. You know that my my husband troubles a lot, so I get it. You know, it's not easy to having a partner around or wanting to be with them more and they're not around. Um, but so the it's way to... troublesome. Oh, I'm. Um, no, <laughs> sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. So, so, maybe no, you... so, I say, it's so not as you know, troublesome
5: if, if I know them. that they're working a lot, but there's a lot of cancellations, a lot of showing up hours late, and they don't understand that that's disrespectful and that's disrespecting my time. And so it becomes a huge point of contention,
1: right? Like okay, if I know a,
5: that they're going, going to be good. working all day and I'm not expecting to see him, then that's, that I'm okay with that. But there's a lot of just, Oh, got very involved in the work and you know, that that's where it becomes a problem. And Sorry, word, yeah, sometimes different. it feels like it's more like a breakdown in communication, but they're so wrapped up in their work that they don't realize. And then they don't, understand why I don't understand that.
2: <laughs> right, right. Very good. So that actually has to do with boundaries and ownership and accountability um, and taking mm-hmm. personal ownership for ourselves and how we show up in our relationship. So that so if you show him understanding that he works a lot and you appreciate that he works a lot and that he will be a good provider, and provider doesn't mean that you don't provide, right? So it's just like he's a contributor in that way. Um, mm-hmm. Then... Then you got your side of the story covered. Then the next piece is how, how do we make this work for both of us, right? So it's having a conversation around what can we put in place so that I don't sit around waiting for you so that the plans don't get messed up so that I could be doing something else right now, right? So, it, so setting it up in a way so that he could be accountable and, and help meet your needs and, and not be disrespectful.
5: Right.
2: Okay. So it would be a conversation mm-hmm. about, number one, showing validation for the hard work and appreciation for it, and then number two, saying, how can we set up a, a couple of things so that we don't have repeats of this not showing up for me? This doesn't, doesn't work when I feel dissed. I don't feel loved. I, can, I feel not valued or disrespected. Right? So you speak from feelings, but they can't argue with your feelings. Right? And then you say, right. well, what can we do differently? Right? What are you willing to commit to? So he could give you, he could give you a heads up earlier in the day. He could set up an alarm. I mean, there could be a bunch of practical things that he could put in place so that he sticks to the original plan. Um, or sometimes people lose track of time. I'm, I'm such a person, you know, and, 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 and it needs be hard to, to change that. Um, so then potentially then how do we make it up to our partner? So if he cancels a plan or he doesn't show up, then how does he make up for it? How does he repair? Right. So fine. You're going to be late. So then how do you make up for it? (laughs) But it can't be punishment. Right. So then he, he chooses, okay, you know what? I really need to finish this project or I really want to answer this last email, So I'm stuck in a meeting or whatever it is, then, okay, fine. I'll make it up to Lauren. And, and, but he needs to make a a decision for himself. Right. So am I going to stop whatever I'm doing and, and keep my commitment? Or then if I choose not to keep my commitment, then how do I make up for it? Okay.
3: And, right. you, and, and you, on that yeah, note, we're going to have,
2: have to mm-hmm.
5: Lauren, yeah, sorry, did you find ahead. that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Thank you very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Most welcome.
3: Okay. Thank you for so much yeah. for calling in Lauren.
5: All right. Thank you, Lorraine and Emma. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren.
2: Bye-bye.
3: All right. So, Emma, well, I think that you're you were kind of showing. I so
2: could go on forever. You know, I could, I could keep talking. Yeah, so yeah. Thing that you're, <laughs> you're managing this. And we're going to have
3: to close. We're going to have to close out the show in a few minutes. But um, uh-huh. I think we kind of saw um, your successful couple strategy. Like, you were giving some flavors of the successful couple strategy that you've come up with. And, like, five, the five elements that you work with, which is pretty cool.
2: Yes. Yes, I, I actually we've in some communication stuff, some collaboration stuff, some connection stuff in there. Um, the five elements are mindset, communication, clarity, connection, and collaboration. So definitely a sprinkle a little bit of everything in there.
3: Yes. And so if Lauren's still listening, I highly recommend that you check out um, Emma's website. Uh, it's metrorelationship.com. And... And then before we wrap, and I'm going to have to have you come back on the show again, right? Because yes, there's so course. many things to talk about, <laughs> right? But, um, yes, yes, tons. What is the, uh, what's the gift that you're offering listeners?
2: Okay, so my gift is, um, you're actually going to love it, and I think your listeners will love it as well. It's, it's a subscription to 52 weekly assignments of... <laughs> they're called laser relationship assignments so you get them on a weekly basis on Mondays they're 52 so you get a year's worth of a subscription for free to relationship assignments and the assignments are based on the successful couple strategy on the five elements context communication clarity connection and collaboration so all tidbits strategies interventions if you may or processes homework, tips, insights, they're all weaved into the 52 assignments, so you get a real good flavor for um, the elements, and you could put them into your relationship in a very practical way and actually work. And,
3: and we're going to have to wrap in a soon, away. So, so, so how can people find that? Because we're going to have to wrap. Okay. How can people find that? Yeah, no problem. So the people could
2: go to MetroRelationshipPrograms.com forward slash L as in Larry, R, A as in Apple.
3: Okay. So Metro Relationship com forward slash LRA. So please everyone listening, yeah. if you have a relationship, if you know someone that could benefit from some of the things Emma talked about tonight, please share it. And we're going to have to wrap Emma. Thank you so much for joining the show today. It was fascinating. It was very fun and interesting. Um, I'm going to create a blog because there's some things about intimacy and some other things that we didn't get in touch with. So I'm going to collaborate with Emma to share that. In the meantime, thank you, everyone. It's been a a beautiful year. It's been a life-changing experience to host the Womb Happy Hour radio show. Big hug to Voice America Health and Wellness Big hug to Winston Price, my executive producer, and uh, A-Rod, my production sidekick guy, who makes me laugh Mm -hmm. all the time on breaks. And thank you, listeners. Thank you so much. And so here's to another year of the womb happy hour. Thank you. I'm a big kiss, big hug. And so remember, everyone, thank you. Remember to send some love and light down there get out of your head get back into your body and connect to the beautiful resource of your womb whether you're a guy or a woman okay talk to you next week bye <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us for the womb happy hour. Be sure to tune in again for another edition featuring your host, Lorraine Giordano, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Have an excellent week.